Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. This is episode 12 of With Heart and Wonder. I'm so glad that you're making the choice to join me today because I know there is always a choice involved. And we're actually going to dive in today to this idea of choice to decisions and explore this filter, this lens that I hold in my heart as the only decision that ever really needs to be made. So I'm excited to go on this journey with you today. I actually wasn't sure if I would be recording an episode this week. I was a little bit ill last week with a cough and a fever. And because we had been traveling, I was actually tested for COVID-19. My test results came back negative and it came back in just about 24 hours, which was pretty amazing. But I did still have a fever and was really called to me taking a number of days to rest. It was that cold that I just couldn't kick. I'm mostly back to normal, and one of the ways that I've known that is really interesting just to notice my own thoughts and perceptions, but I woke up uh, two mornings ago and I realized that my thinking was different. The mornings before, for days, every time I woke up, my thoughts were more in this space of survival, this space of what I needed to be doing to care for myself, whether it was drinking water, getting up and eating, going back to bed, all of those types of more basic needs. And two days ago, I woke up and I was thinking more creatively again. I was thinking about what I wanted to be creating in the world, how I wanted to be connecting with others, um, and ways that we could be collaborating and creating things together. And it was neat to notice that that little shift that was indicative that the time for rest was, or heavy rest maybe is the better way to put it, that that time was starting to shift and that I could slowly make my way back to to more of a balance between creation and rest once again. So I decided I would record an episode today. It'll be a little bit of a shorter one because I am still coughing a little and having to to pause in between. But I did want to connect. And the message that kind of feel called to dive into today is a little more philosophical in nature, but it's one that I hold really close in my heart. 
And so I wanted to dive into this idea of the only decision that ever really needs to be made. And that might seem like a really big statement. What could this decision possibly be? This one question, this one decision has become really important in my life over the last few years and taken on a different meaning. It's almost been woven into the fabric of my being. It's this lens through which I am constantly assessing my thoughts and actions. So I'll preface all of this by saying that I have never been good at decision making. When I was younger, I would always have to look at the restaurant menu before we as a family went out for dinner and decide ahead of time what I wanted to eat because it would take me too long and cause too much emotional turmoil at the restaurant itself. When I was in high school, I would spend days looking at the course options and I would read the entire course manual for all of Ottawa from front to back, even courses that were not offered at my school. And I would assign the courses ratings and have these elaborate meetings with my parents where we discussed which courses I would and wouldn't take that were completely led by me in an effort to make sure I was making the right choices. I have always had trouble with making decisions, though it has been something that in the last few years has really shifted as I've learned more to listen to my intuition and to have more faith and trust in the unfolding of life, to have more faith and trust in my inner knowing. I'm able now to make decisions with a lot more ease. And the one decision that I come back to again and again and again is simple. And it is, am I leaning into love or am I leaning into fear right now? And this question, really, I think if I think back, it it has become such a part of me that I it's almost hard to remember when it wasn't there. But I think this question really started to take on new meaning for me. A few years ago, I was reading a book by Gabrielle Bernstein. She's a really incredible spiritual teacher who has written so many books. But she wrote a book that really touched me a few years ago called The Universe Has Your Back. And there were so many incredible messages in this book, but the one that really stuck with me, and if I were to summarize my takeaways, my learnings from this book, it was really about this understanding and becoming more intimately aware of the relationship between love and fear. And in many spiritual teachings, there is only love or fear. There's this idea that all other emotions, thoughts, and actions can be categorized into a space of love or a space of fear. 
So we could think about that space of love as a space in which we are generously giving, where we are experiencing gratitude, connection, community, joy, peace, come. And that space of fear could be characterized by other sorts of emotions like anger, sadness, jealousy, despair, grief. And it's not that one of those spaces is necessarily better than the other because both love and fear have a really important role to play in our lives. Fear can be this incredible motivator that allows us to transform. Through vulnerability, we can have more connection with others and even with the deeper layers of ourselves. So it's not that one is better than the other. They both have this really important function to play. But when we think about how we want to be showing up in the world for ourselves and for others, there is this question of are my thoughts and actions a reflection of fear or are they a reflection of love? Am I aligning myself with fear or with love? If we think about fear... It is a space that needs to be engaged with, with tenderness, with curiosity and wonder, a space that we need to tend to with a nurturing and compassionate heart. So it's not that in any moment we can simply flip a switch and move from fear to love. But when we do notice that we have been aligning ourselves in a place of fear, it is an opportunity, a moment of possibility to dive a little deeper into that fear with tenderness, with compassion, and notice what the fear wants to say. Because fears are just trying to get our attention. They're trying to share a message with us, a knowing And if we just brush those fears aside, we are not doing ourselves any favors. Instead, we need to dive in, we need to feel into those fears that exist inside of us. Those fears that are living under the surface of maybe some of those other emotions like sadness or anger, frustration, jealousy, to get curious about the fear from which that emotion is stemming from. And to have a conversation with our fear, to ask our fear what wants to be known so that then we can make the decision from that place of awareness to realign ourselves with love. And I truly believe that this is the only decision that ever needs to be made. And I know that that is a big statement. But at any given moment, we have a choice to tune in to this question of am I aligned with love or am I aligned with fear? And then we have a choice once we have that awareness to lean in, to do the work, and to move back after engaging with our fears to move back to the energy of love. I hold deep this belief that in any given moment, 
I can make the choice to realign with the energy of love. And that is in my interactions with others. It's in how I view a situation. But it's also really importantly in how I talk to and interact with myself. Creating more compassion and more of a nurturing environment in my own inner landscape, my own inner work, inner relationship. And the other thing that I think we sometimes hear talked about, or maybe maybe these ideas are new to you, is this idea of an abundance or a scarcity mentality. So I want to talk about that for a second because it maps on to this idea of love and fear. When we are in a space of love, when we are aligned with an energy of love in our thoughts and our actions, we naturally feel abundant. And what I mean by that is we feel supported and cared for. We feel gratitude and like we are surrounded by everything that we need. When we are in a space of fear, we may have more of a scarcity mentality. We may feel like we need to reserve our things, our energy, our words, our thoughts, We may put walls up to protect ourselves. And that can be skillful. It can be a way to calm our fears sometimes. But when we really dive into the messages of our fears, what they are trying to tell us, there is usually an invitation to realign with love. And in so doing, to realign with that mentality of abundance, that mentality where we are able to see that we are surrounded by people who care. We are surrounded by the things that we need. We just sometimes have to ask for them from this space of love and gratitude. There is so much more that could be said on this topic. I really just scratched the surface today with an invitation for inquiry right now. If you are leaning into fear, if there's room to honor those messages of your fear as a way to realign with the energy of love, this is for me the only decision that ever really needs to be made. In any given moment when I find myself getting stressed or frustrated or angry or jealous, there is this opportunity to realign with an energy of love. And sometimes I ask myself, how would love respond? And I let that be my guiding light. In the days and weeks to come, perhaps you play with this idea of how would love respond? When we are aligned with this energy of love, when we let that be our guiding light, we really tap into the very best versions of ourselves. We show up more fully, more wholly for ourselves and others. We'll leave it there today. I'd love to hear any thoughts or reactions that 
you have. Maybe these are some themes and ideas, some questions you've been playing with for some time and there's stories to share. Or maybe this sparked some new insights and realizations and maybe it just doesn't feel like it resonates and that's okay too. We will be back next week. We'll have an amazing guest joining us. I'm so excited for you to meet her as we explore the power of sound on our healing journeys. And it is also actually my 30th birthday next week. Haven't quite decided yet how I'm going to mark this occasion. But if you've got any ideas, send them my way. We actually were supposed to be out of town this past weekend on a little birthday getaway, and that obviously didn't happen with being in self-isolation and with the border closing, we were going to be in the U.S. And so I'm thinking about ways to mark this moment that feels really important for me, not because I necessarily give a lot of weight to birthdays, but I've really felt this shift from a decade of my 20s. So much has changed and evolved, and I, in some ways, feel like a new person as I'm moving into my 30s. And I'm really thinking about how we can mark this moment of time in a way that feels meaningful to me. So I'd love to hear your ideas. You can get in touch on Instagram. It's at Megan L. Johnston. You can find me online, www.meganjohnston.com. You can sign up for the newsletter to stay in the know of everything I'm offering. There's been more and more online content that I've been developing. So even if you don't live in Ottawa, you've got the chance now to practice with me. And I'd certainly love to connect in this way. Meditation and, and yoga, some of these offerings are free and others are by donation at the moment. I'm wishing you such a wonderful day ahead. May you find ways to lean into the energy of love, as always from this place of heart and wonder.